Okay. Well, Pastor rang me last Sunday night and he said, uh, is anyone from Wagga able to preach? And I said, well, John's preaching in the morning, so it better be me. And then I looked at uh, when I preached here last, and it was about 12 months ago, uh, because we were coming back from uh, the pastor's and wife's retreat, and I was supposed to preach in Benalla and end up preaching here on a Sunday evening. And uh, so I checked that out, and uh, so that was good. And uh, so uh, the outline for tonight uh, uh, was from a devotional that uh, I've been reading, and uh, we're going to look at a heart checkup. And I just want to ask you, when was the last time you've been to the doctor? Yeah, yeah, I hear you, because the older I get, the more often I spend in the uh, doctor's office. Uh, Some of you young people here are scratching your head and thinking, when was the last time I went to the doctor? Uh, Maybe you went to the hospital or something like that, but, uh, you know, uh, when you get older, you're there more regularly, and uh, it seems that um, we're going to the doctor for one ailment or another, and uh, you sit down in the doctor's office and they put that cuff on your arm and check your blood pressure, and then they might listen to your heart and and all those things. And uh, and so it's, uh, it's an ongoing thing that we have when we're getting older. I usually have a bit of paperwork with me to go and have blood tests and things like that, so uh, they're checking up on all these things. And doctors are really concerned about our physical condition, the physical heart. And I can remember as a boy, a uh, boy, I was 21, that's almost a man, almost fully grown, um, and uh, my mum said to me, she said, it's before I was saved, and she said, you're drinking and you're smoking and uh, you're overweight, you could have a heart attack. And I thought, 21, have a heart attack? And she said, yes, someone I knew who was very young had a heart attack because they were doing exactly the things that I was doing. I wasn't looking after my physical heart. And uh, so, praise the Lord, I got my spiritual heart right, and then that sort of helped with the physical heart. I'm still overweight, but that's uh, another story. That's an up-and-down story, but anyway... But in the, in the scriptures, the heart means that part of the person, the, the real you, uh, the one where we have desires and we, where we deliberate and where we decide, a place of conscious and decisive spiritual activity. That's where things happen uh, with God. It's our spirit, if you like, our relationship with God the Father. And I want to ask you this question, just the same question that my mum asked me, how is your heart? How's it going? What condition is it in? And it's good to have a spiritual checkup sometimes, and so we're going to have a a quick spiritual checkup this evening. Of course, our spiritual handbook or our owner's manual is the Word of God, and uh, we need to look into the Word of God when we're doing a spiritual checkup. And we need to listen to the Holy Spirit and we need to listen to the Lord and we need to ask the Lord to search our hearts from time to time to see uh, what it's like. In Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 10 it says, I the Lord search the heart. I try the reins even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doing. Let us pray. Loving God and Heavenly Father, we do pray that this evening as we look at the heart, 
Lord, we pray that we would check our own hearts. Lord, this is something that we need to do regularly. Lord, just like we physically check the heart, Lord, we need to check our spiritual hearts. And Lord, we pray that this evening, uh, Lord, we would uh, check our hearts, Lord, with all diligence. And uh, Lord, that we would uh, desire to have a heart like David's, a heart after thine own heart. And Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' most precious and worthy name. Amen. Well, there are many types of hearts in the Scriptures in the Old Testament. I just went through a few uh, books of the Bible and I was just surprised at how many uh, negative hearts there were. Uh, There was the evil heart, the wicked heart, the covetous heart, the proud heart, the bitter heart, the deceitful heart, the departed heart, the uncircumcised heart, the rebellious heart, the idolatrous heart, the lying heart, the straying heart, the whorish heart, the fainting heart, the melting heart, the sorrowful heart, the weak heart and the fearful heart. Many different types, and we could go on uh, a, a, like a, a word study on the on the word heart. And we could find so many different types of heart that are not good before the Lord, uh, ones that we don't want. And we know that in Genesis chapter six and verse five, when God looked down at man, and, and uh, we see and we read, and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every uh, imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Our hearts aren't good. Our hearts need a check. Our hearts need to be uh, renewed and we need to keep an eye on them. Jeremiah seventeen nine says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And in the New Testament, we know that when the Lord Jesus Christ was preaching about the parable of the soul, we know that it's talking about the heart. There was the hard heart, there was the stony heart, there was the thorny heart, and praise God, there was a good heart, the good soil. And so we can have a good heart. Different positive hearts in the scriptures, the joyful heart, the rejoicing heart, the enduring heart, the mourning heart, the perfect heart, the heart after God's own heart. The good heart. But I think the most significant one is the changed heart and the cleansed heart. And this begins with salvation. If you would turn with me to the book of Ezekiel, first of all. Ezekiel chapter 11 and verse 19. And I will give them one heart, and I will put a new spirit within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of their flesh, and I will give them a heart of flesh, a changed heart, a softer heart, not a stony heart, not a hard heart. He says the same thing in chapter 36 of Ezekiel and verse 26. thirty six and twenty six a new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you an heart of flesh. We need to have a changed heart, we need to have a cleansed heart, one that God gets hold of through the Lord Jesus Christ and cleanses us, one that is changed from the heart that we have as unsaved, unregenerate people, we need to be saved. Now, most of us sitting here are saved people. 
But there may be someone that's listening to this video that needs to realize that they need the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. That they need to have their heart changed. They need Jesus to come into their heart and to save them and cleanse their heart and give them a new heart. A heart that uh, is renewed, as it were. A heart that one prison inmate uh, had and experienced. He was a prison inmate and he was in for manslaughter and he was sentenced uh, for many years, but his sentence kept on getting lengthened as he progressed, progressed into his sentence. You see, he was very violent. He was violent against the other inmates and he was violent against the other uh, against the um, against the uh, prison guards. In fact, one time he stabbed a prison guard with a broken bottle, and he was kept in solitary for many years. In fact, he was fed through a grate in the door, and when he was let out from time to time, there were uh, a number of guards that had to be there just to watch him and to uh, keep an eye on him, make sure that he didn't uh, do something uh, drastically. I understand that he probably had chains on his arms and on his, on his feet so that he couldn't uh, react in a violent way. One time he was allowed to attend a Bible course and through the course of the, the Bible studies that he was having, he met Jesus and he was gloriously saved, miraculously saved. And the change in his life was dramatic. In fact, when he met Jesus and when he was saved by Jesus, he ran out into the corridor and said, Jesus is real. Jesus is real. And that's the heart that is saved. That's the uh, regenerated heart, the new heart, the cleansed heart, the changed heart, saved from sin. We need to go to Jesus for cleansing to get a changed heart. Now you might be sitting here and saying, well, I'm not too bad. I really don't need Jesus. I really don't need to be saved. But I was listening to uh, a program and uh, the illustration was given of sheep, sheep on a green pasture. And when they were on the green pasture, they looked pretty white. They looked pretty good. And then those same sheep were seen with a white background, a background of the snow, and they didn't look so clean anymore. You see, that's how we look, and that's how our hearts look in comparison to the world. We look pretty good. But without Jesus, we're, when, we, when we look at the... At the um, when we look at ourselves according to God's holiness, we look just as grubby as the world. We really do. Until we're saved and gloriously saved, we need to be cleansed. Though our sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. We thank God that we are saved by the Lord Jesus Christ because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God and every person that breathes needs Jesus Christ, needs a changed heart, needs a cleansed heart. And only the Lord Jesus Christ can do this because he died on the cross and he shed his precious and holy blood. He took the punishment for our sins. He was buried and he rose again from the dead Amen. so that we could be saved. Jesus Christ wants to give a wonderful, clean heart 
a changed heart. We need to consider our destiny today as we sit here. What is our heart like? Is it changed? Is it cleansed? Have we been to the Lord Jesus Christ and the cleansing flood to be washed from our sins? Are we saved? Where will you spend eternity if you were to die tonight? We need to ask ourselves this question. Once we're saved, once we have this changed heart, once we have this uh, cleansed heart, the next thing that we need to have is a loving heart. We love the Lord Jesus Christ because he first loved us. We need to have a loving heart. When the Pharisees asked the Lord Jesus Christ, what was the greatest commandment? What did Jesus say in Mark chapter 12 and verse 29? He said, The first of all the commandments is here, O Israel, the Lord your God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with uh, all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, Thou shalt love thy neighbour as thyself, there's none other commandment greater than these. And you know the Pharisee actually agreed with Jesus that this was true. And it is true. We need to have a loving heart. We need to love the Lord. We need to love the Lord with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength. We need to examine our hearts. Do we really love God that way? Do we really love him that much? How do we express that love? Well, we need to love his commandments and his commandments shouldn't be grievous to us. In 1 John chapter 5 and verse 3, we need to love to obey his commandments, not just love his commandments, but love to obey them. In John 14, 15, it says, If you love me, keep my commandments. John 15, 10, it says, If you keep my commandments, you'll abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. We need to love God by loving his commandments and loving to obey his commandments. That's how we show our love. Think of the children. Most of them love to get acknowledged for doing the right thing because they want to know the parents' love. We need to know God's love by obeying him and showing our love to God by obeying. We need to love his presence. Love his presence. Do you love the presence of God? Do you love spending time with him? Abraham did. He was called the friend of God. Moses did. He met face to face with God. Do we know the presence of God and have a real relationship with him? Do we regularly spend time with him? Do we meditate on his word? No, I mean really meditate on his word. Do we consider his goodness in our lives and, and on a daily basis spend time with him in prayer, talking with him and allowing him to talk back to us? Do we love the Lord with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind? A loving heart. And then the second commandment, we need to love a loving heart, love our neighbour. Do you really 
love your neighbours? Do you love your brothers and sisters in the Lord? John 13 and verse 35, it was a uh, basically a proof that uh, you're a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. John 13, 35, By this shall all men know that ye are mighty disciples if ye have love one to another. Unfortunately, the world says we need to love ourselves first. Look after number one. But that's not what the Word of God says. The Word of God says we need to look after others first. You see, if we're looking after number one, we're never satisfied. We're selfishly looking on the world, looking what we can get out of it. The secret to true happiness is to seek the things of others first. As believers, we need to put others first and ourselves last. Philippians chapter 2 and verses 3 and 4 tells us this. The Apostle Paul talks to uh, the Philippian church. Philippians chapter 2 and verses 3 and 4. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. We need to look after others. Do practical things for one another. Be helpful. Show love to one another. We need to show love to the unsaved family and friends that we come in contact with. We need to share the gospel with them. That's really showing love. That's sharing the love of Christ. We need to share that love. I'm sure that if a family friend was standing in the middle of the road and you could see a truck coming down the road at uh, in the distance and you said you need to get off the road and they said, I don't believe you, and the truck was getting closer, you'd get a little more urgent, I think. Get off the road, a truck's coming. And as the truck gets closer and closer, you'd say, get off the road, there's a truck coming. And the urgency would be building and the panic in your heart would be building and you would have that sense of urgency, get off the road. And I think there would be a time where you would probably run over and grab that person and try and drag them off the road. Amen? Because you wouldn't want to see them run over by a truck. But we need to have that same fire in our heart with the gospel message because the gospel message needs to be urgent if we love our neighbours and we love our friends. I, was dry, I drive back and forwards from Wagga to Lockhart three days a week with, with, a, with a guy, a carpool with him, and uh, we've talked about spiritual things. I believe he's saved. And uh, he mentioned uh, something about the rapture one day, and I said, yeah, I can't wait for the rapture to happen. He said, well, I don't know whether I'm ready yet. And I said, why is that? He said, because I'm not happy about the spiritual state, state of my sons at the moment. You see how much he cared? You see, he cared for his sons. He didn't want to be with the Lord just yet. He wanted to know that his sons were saved. 
Do we still have that love for those that are around us that we would go out of our way to share the gospel with them? We need to do that. We need to do that more. We need to be a blessing to them. We need to show our love by be practically giving them the gospel. There were two pastors. One, one had just moved on from a church and uh, another one had come to the church and uh, uh, one guy said, I'm really glad that that pastor's gone. He said, why? He said, because all he preached about is going to hell. And he said, oh, okay, so what's the new bloke like? Well, he still preaches about hell all the time. We're all going to hell. We don't trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, well, what's the difference? He said, well, the first bloke looked like he was glad that we were going to hell. The second one was in tears because we were going to hell. That's how we should be. We should be in tears about people going to hell because we love them so much that we want them to receive that free gift of eternal life. We need to have a loving heart, loving towards the Lord, loving towards our neighbour. And we need to have a holy heart, a holy heart. Uh, First, we need to have it cleansed and we need to have a changed heart. Then, as we live our Christian lives, we have a transformed heart, a, a sanctified heart. One where the Lord takes us by the word and cleanses it daily so that we are presented without spot or wrinkle before the Lord. We need to realise that we need to be transformed. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, which is wholly acceptable unto God. Now, now I've lost it. We'll turn there. Romans chapter 12. That's what happens sometimes. You're in the pulpit and you know a verse of Scripture. and <clears throat> Wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You see, the mind and the heart go hand in hand. And the mind is a battlefield. It's Satan's battlefield and he wants to get on top of it and he wants to get hold of it. And we need to be careful what is happening in our minds because that's where we need to be transformed is in our minds. There's so much rubbish going on along in the world that God, uh, sorry, Satan is able to get into our minds and he's able to warp it and change it and he desires to get hold of it. We need to be careful of the input. In Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8 it says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. That's the mind. We need to put those good things into our mind. I want to encourage you to memorize that verse of Scripture so that you can think on those things. And we need to have to be holy because the Father has created us to be holy. We are a new creature to be holy. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We need to be holy as he is holy. The first time that's mentioned is in Leviticus chapter 11 and verse 45. And he's talking about the animals that we eat or that the people of Israel could eat and what they couldn't eat. And he said, I want you to be holy as I am holy. 
And it was that simple, it was that important for him that the people of Israel were holy. And he said, I want you to be holy because I brought you out of Egypt into the promised land. Well, how much more should we be holy because the Lord has called us out of the world under the Lord Jesus Christ to live for him? We need to be holy. And we do it to please him and we need, we need to do it to glorify him. We need to be holy to bring glory to God because being holy magnifies the name of the Lord. Not only do we have uh, do we have a cleansed heart, we, not only do we have a loving heart, not only do we have a holy heart, but we need to have a soft heart. A soft heart. We need to have a heart that's sensitive to leading of the Holy Spirit, not hardened. See, the people of Israel, when they were in the wilderness, they, um, uh, they hardened their hearts in the provocation. In other words, what happened is that as they were going through the wilderness, even though God was providing for them, even though God had pr- 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 produced miracle after miracle through the plagues and through providing for them uh, fresh water and uh, food and that their clothes didn't wear out and that their shoes didn't wear out, they murmured. They murmured against Moses and they murmured against um, uh, against the Lord. They murmured against Aaron and they provoked the Lord in the wilderness. Their unbelief. You see, they were looking at themselves again and they were dissatisfied. They were unhappy. They were unfulfilled. They didn't trust the Lord. Their eyes had seen these wonderful miracles, the power of God, the crossing of the Red Sea, all those things, and they still murmured. They had victory over the Amalekites, and they still murmured. They had fresh water at Marah, and they still murmured. Their hearts were hardened. We need to have soft hearts. We need to have hearts that are filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to have hearts that are led by the Holy Spirit. We need to have soft hearts. Soft hearts are fruitful hearts. Good soil. Soil that's been cultivated. Soil that's been tended. Soil that is ready to receive the word of God. Seed, uh, sorry, soil that is uh, ready to grow and bear fruit. That's the soft heart that we need. A heart that is given over to the Holy Spirit, led, filled by the Spirit of God. We also need a focused heart, a heart that is focused on the right things. You see, in Ephesians chapter 4, we're told that we're given pastors and teachers to ground us in the faith so we're not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. What does that mean? Well, that means that God has given godly men to the church that we can listen to and hear the word of God expounded. And uh, they are providing on a weekly basis spiritual food for you to grow. Spiritual input, if you like. Uh, the study that they do through the week. What can I? But we need to ask ourselves when we come, what can I get out of this sermon each week? Uh, many of you are taking notes. What do you do with those notes when you're finished? I know 
I've got probably lots of pieces of paper with notes on them floating around the place. But a good idea is to fish them out during the week and look at them during your, your devotional time. Because God's put on the heart of the man of God in your pulpit to preach what he's preached, then it's probably a good idea to check it out during the week and make sure that we are getting it instilled in our hearts so that we can live it, not just hear it, but to live that. When we are having our devotional time with the Lord and we read the scriptures, are we asking ourselves, what can I get out of this? Because as we do that, as we think about the word of God that's preached, think about the word of God that's read, then our hearts become more focused on the word of God. And in a right way, we're not tossed tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. The problem is that many people these days have itching ears. And that's why we have people hopping from church to church they just want to hear what they want to hear rather than hear what they should be hearing and so I praise God that every time I come here I see many regular faces because they're not you you guys are not jumping from church to church you guys are sound and, and are wanting to follow the word of God and praise God for it But we need to be careful that our focused heart doesn't become like the Pharisees and the Sadducees and that we're just looking at the outward. We need to be looking at the inward. Our focus needs to be from the in, not just from the out. You see, they were definitely outward. They were always trying to trap the Lord Jesus Christ, weren't they? And they would put questions to him, ones that were spiritual questions. Ones that they said, oh, we really want the answer. No, they didn't. They just wanted to be looking outward. And we see that Jesus, the Lord Jesus actually condemns them many times. The outward. Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, he condemns them about uh, uh, giving, about their alms giving. You know, look at me. Here's my $50 note. I'm going to put it in the plate. Uh, look at me, I'm the next one, I'm putting more in. And so on and so forth, that's what they were doing. He said, let not thy right hand know what their left hand's doing. And then he condemns them in verses 5 and 6 in Matthew chapter 6 about their prayer. How they would stand on street corners and, and pray really loud so that everyone could hear them and people would say, oh, what a spiritual person that person is. And he says, go to your closet and pray. That doesn't mean we don't pray, pray in public. It's good to pray in public, pray with people and, and for people, but not in a boastful way. In verses 16 and 17, he condemns them for their outward appearance when they're fasting. You know, they put on the old clothes and dirty and, you know, didn't comb their hair and didn't look the part. And he said, don't do that. It's to the Lord. And then the treasure talks about in Matthew 6. And he condemns, the Lord Jesus Christ condemns them and calls them, um, uh, he says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, in Matthew 23, seven times. He says that. Why? Because they were concentrating on the outward. Their focus was outward, not inward. 
And we need to look at our inward heart and say, what is our heart focused on? What truly are we focusing on in our hearts in our daily spiritual walk? Last two hearts have the guarded and the giving heart. Guarded heart, and I want you to know that sin starts in the heart. I've already said that our mind is a battlefield, and our mind basically is a gateway to our heart, and uh, our heart uh, is and can be wicked. In First Peter chapter one and verse thirteen, it says, "Wherefore gird up the loins of your mind, put a protective band around your mind." Be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Look at that verse in verse 14. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts, in your ignorance that's the former last before you were saved now if you are saved as a young person praise God because you can escape not always you can escape those former lusts and don't have to live through them I was saved at 22 years of age and I've already shared some of the former lusts that I had with smoking and drinking and other things but there are other former lusts that Satan can trip me up with. You need to praise God if you are saved at an early age. If not, be on guard and gird up the loins of your mind because you are still vulnerable to those lusts. Be on guard, have a guarded heart. Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 20 and 26, if you're taking notes, Look at those verses because it talks about adultery and the fact that it starts in the heart. All sin starts in the heart. And we know that from the heart the fruit comes forth. You know the man by the fruit that comes forth. We need to have guarded hearts. And I've already mentioned that we need to be very careful about what we put in to our minds so that we do not ignite those former lusts that will attack our hearts and our minds. Finally, the giving heart. In Mark chapter 12, verse 42 and 43, the Lord Jesus Christ sees a widow putting two mites, which make a farthing, into uh, the offering. And he says to his disciples and said, Verily I say unto you that this poor widow hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. Not just one person, but all the people that put money in the treasury. Why? Because the Lord knew her heart. And he knew the way that she was giving that money. It's not the amount, it's the heart. That makes a difference. And it's not just 
our treasure that we're giving, that God sees our heart on. But what about your time? How much time do you give for the Lord? I know we're here on Sunday. Praise God for that. Uh, most of you are probably, if not all of you, here Sunday morning. Uh, some of you here Wednesday night. Some are Tuesday night uh, doing the, uh, the courses. Are you giving your time? But we need to give our time willingly. How much time do we spend sharing the gospel, praying, those things? We need to give our time. What about talents? God has given us each talents. Are we using them for the Lord? And are we using them with a willing heart, a giving heart? And what about our total us, our totality, if you like? We need to give everything to the Lord. In a church once, obviously pre-COVID, the plate was being passed around. And when it came to a little girl at the end of a row, instead of passing it on to the next pew, she placed the plate on the ground. Now, you guys have a bag. She wouldn't fit in there. But she placed it on the ground, and then she stood in the plate. And they said, what are you doing? Well, she said, in Sunday school, they said, I need to give the Lord everything. I need to give myself to the Lord. And she was willing to give herself to the Lord. Takes us back to that verse in Romans chapter 12. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service. Years ago when I was a young man first saved, preacher preached that uh, a message from there and he asked for people to present their bodies as a living sacrifice. Well, I didn't do it that morning service because I was a bit embarrassed and a bit uh, shocked by that. Uh, I'd never been one to come forward at invitations and things like that and I'm not asking for one. Pastor, I'm not asking for one now, so it's all right. He's looking a bit worried there. Where's I going? But in the evening service, when we were sharing blessings, and that, that's what we used to do in, uh, back in that time, that I stood up and I said, I'd thought about this. And I told everyone that I'd thought about this and prayed about this during the day. And I said, Lord, now I want to present my, my body a living sacrifice to you and give myself to you. And I want to ask you, would you be willing to do that? The giving heart, give yourself to the Lord for his service. Let us pray. Loving God and Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you. Help us, Lord, to look at our hearts. Help us, Lord, to see, first of all, have we got a cleansed and changed heart? Are we saved by the blood of the Lamb? Lord God and Heavenly Father, we do pray that you would help us to have loving hearts. Help us, first of all, to love you with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind. Lord, we pray that you would help us to love others as ourselves. And Lord, we desire to be saved. Lord, help us to 
share the gospel with others also. Dear loving God and Heavenly Father, we do pray that you would help us to have holy hearts. And Lord, we pray that we would allow the Lord Jesus Christ to wash us with the cleansing of your word. Loving God and Heavenly Father, we do pray that you would help us uh, to, uh, Lord, have focused hearts. Lord, that our focus would be upon upon you and, and, and the things that you would have us to be focused on. Loving God and Heavenly Father, we pray that you would help us to have guarded hearts. Guard our hearts against those things, our former lusts. Lord, pray that uh, we would not have new ones either added to those things. Lord, help us to be careful uh, what we put into our minds and into our hearts, Lord. Loving God and Heavenly Father, we pray that you would help us to have giving hearts. Hearts that would be willing to give our all to thee. So, loving God and Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for your word. We thank you and praise you for your love for us. And uh, we pray that you would just be with us to help us put into practice some of these things uh, into our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.